Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch. We're going to continue just by celebrating uh, some of the goings-on and the happenings in our community. So I want you to take out your phone. I want you to go to citybeautiful.ch slash weekly, and you're going to find uh, everything that's happening is written right there. At the top, you can kind of see there's an ongoing uh, financial update to show you where we're at uh, by each week, by each month, where we're at in the year overall, because we want to be, you know, transparent with you guys, show you where we're at in all of those things. But um, a few things that I just want to celebrate are going on. Um, First of all, we're in the season of Lent, the 40 days before Easter, where Christians around the world are fasting and praying, kind of preparing ourselves for this idea of, of Christ uh, crucified and resurrected and Easter. And so uh, I challenged everybody in here a couple weeks ago uh, to really consider what are, you know, what does this desert experience look like for you? What, are, what is God calling you to let go of, to create space, uh, to be able to attune you, to, attune you to, to know his presence and to hear his voice, and perhaps he's taking something up with you. And I think, you know, a lot of times at the beginning of Lent, it's like, yes, let's go, Lent, this is awesome. And I, I was with Christy yesterday, we're trying to decide something to eat. I won't tell you what I'm fasting, because, you know, Matthew 6, chapter 1. <laughs> and I was like, oh boy, we, we have more than a month to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, this isn't sexy anymore. This isn't exciting anymore. But this is the moment, I want to, you know, we're, we're a week and a half into Lent. This is the moment where, like, the novelty wears off and the discipline kicks in. Because right now, for all of you, your, comfort, your creature comforts are starting to rise up. And your coping mechanisms and the things that you find that you rely on. And this, I think, is where it actually matters the most. So I want to encourage all of you who are participating in Lent, stay the course, like, Continue in that, like within your community groups and people that you trust, be sharing, the, talking about the experience, challenging one another to stay in it when it's not exciting, when you don't feel like it, because those are the moments when I think the Lord's really going to speak to you powerfully. And even if you see when you came in, we've given you the meditations uh, for week number three. Take those, use those in your prayer times this week and continue to attune yourself uh, to the presence of God um, to see what he would do uh, in your life in this, uh, this season. Um, the next thing is that uh, next Sunday is uh, our Embark gathering, which is going to be right after uh, our gathering at about 1230 in one of the rooms back there. If you have, you know, maybe you're brand new to the church, you've been coming for a little while, but you want to know more about us, you want to know what it looks like uh, to get connected, to find your place in this community, to know a little bit more about our DNA, that's going to be for you. It's going to be in one of those rooms back there. We have a really amazing group of people that want to share their stories and what our community is like and hear more from you. Uh, and there's going to be snacks, which is always a bonus. And so that's going to be right after the gathering next week. Uh, and then the final thing is tonight is our very first education to action gathering. And I'm really excited. This has been um, a, a vision that the Lord has given us for a couple of years now. How many of you, you want to, you, you hear this phrase, hands and feet of Jesus, and you know you want to do that, and you're just, you're just overwhelmed by the way the world is? Am I, maybe I'm the only one. Maybe, so I'll be the only one there tonight, because I don't know what that looks like sometimes. It's so easy when you, you're like, okay, hands and feet of Jesus, let's go. And then you turn on the news, and you're like, ugh. 
okay, maybe I'll just kind of do my thing. What this whole purpose is, is, is throughout the year, we're honing in on specific social justice issues that not are just not only are affecting the world, but specifically our own city. And we're bringing in the experts, and we're sitting down with them, and we're letting them share their heart and what's going on, informing us, but then giving us really practical steps on knowing what do we do? What do we do about these things when we feel overwhelmed with the way that the world is? And so tonight, we're focusing on human trafficking. We've been praying about that uh, for uh, this, this whole month. And, you know, that's a big thing in Central Florida. Human trafficking, sex trafficking, like uh, sex slavery. Like, it's happening in our city. Do you know that? Like, it's happening here. It's not just this weird thing that's happening in Cambodia. It's actually happening here. And that can feel really overwhelming, but there are amazing, we've got, what, four different organizations, I think, that are coming tonight, and they're going to tell us what, what are they doing, how are they being the hands and feet of Jesus, and that's, there's an opportunity for us to step in and actually participate. So maybe the Lord has already placed that on your heart, that that's something that you want to be connected to, or maybe you weren't even aware that that was a reality. I want you to come tonight at 6 p.m. and sit and to hear from these amazing people and, and see what the Lord would do in your heart, that maybe this is the thing that he's put you on this earth to contribute to in rescuing people and giving them back their dignity and giving them back their humanity. And so I really want to encourage all of you to come out for that tonight at 6 p.m. And we're going to have some more peppered through uh, the rest of the, uh, the year. I know I tell you, like, every Sunday I'm really excited, blah, blah, blah. This Sunday I'm really excited uh, because my spiritual father, Dan Green, is here. And he's going to come in to give us a word. Dan, why don't you come up? Dan, Dan and I uh, have known each other for almost a decade, and, and even one of the things I had said, you know, Dan shared his testimony on Friday, um, and it was a really sweet time. I said, you know, there, there have been so few people that have impacted me as much as he has in understanding the Father heart of God, you know, and we're in this series where that's really what we're, we're, we're doing. We're saying, Lord, like, I want to know you. I don't want to hear rumors of what you were like once. I want to know you. What's your heart like? And so um, Dan and his family have recently relocated to Jacksonville. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Jacks. Meridians. Woo. <laughs> <Yeah>. left the cold. <laughs> and um, so he's, he said he's going to keep showing up here whether we invite him or not. So I figured we'd go ahead and invite him. Um, but he's got an amazing word for us. We've been talking the past several weeks. Even since Friday, the Lord has kind of honed it in for him. And it's just really powerful. And I want you guys to have just an open heart and open hands to see what the Lord wants to do and a really high expectation that he's going to speak. So I'm going to pray over Dan, and I want you to be praying for him too. If you can just extend a hand as a symbol of like we empower you, we bless you to be uh, the, the ambassador of the Father's heart to us, uh, and we're going to see what the Lord has to say. Um, so Lord, I, again, I thank you so much for this amazing, this man, this, this beautiful, incredible man who wherever he goes, he reveals your heart. Uh, he speaks your story. Uh, he conveys something of who you are that enlivens us, that makes us wonder what's actually possible. What's possible in the kingdom? What's possible when you call your children home and we find ourselves in your door, in your doorframe, when you invite us to your table to sit, to sup with you, when we learn how to hear what you're speaking over each one of us in such tender and specific ways. And God, whether we realize it or not, that's why we're all here. We want to know you. We want to hear your voice. So Holy Spirit, we give you permission to do whatever you want to do in this room. 
and especially to speak through your servant, Dan, your blessed son, your beloved son, Dan, that the words he gives us are words that you have sown deep into the fabric of his being, that we might encounter you and be brought to life. We pray all of this in the strong and the blessed name of your son, our savior and our brother, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ryan. Um, it's an honor to be here. Um, and I, I just want you to know that Ryan is a spiritual son of mine. Um, we met, like he said, a decade ago and began embarking on um, being used to the Lord to heal the hearts of the children, um, God's children. So it's been an amazing journey. It's going to go on. Now God's moved me closer to him. Um, not that we didn't do things when I was far away, but it's going to be a lot easier now. Um, <clears throat> I also want to say this. I, he is my spiritual son, but right now um, he is my pastor. Okay? And I put myself under his authority because this is his. You are his children. His, he has been assigned to you. He represents to you the heart of the father and you represent to him the, the child of the father so i'm under his authority he's given me he always gives me so much grace and says dan just do what you do and um some people don't like that you know i've had speakers say i'll never speak after dan green again because i don't like mopping up rooms but um that's okay it's not me it's what god wants to do and so um with that um i just want you to know that i want to i know we've prayed but I don't really proceed until Abba and I kind of do this, this thing. And you, you need to learn to do it too because what this weekend is about, knowing the heartbeat of God, is I want to tell you, and also you need to know I move around a lot, so, um, and it's good you're not filming. When I speak at churches with a camera, the cameraman goes away and has to go into therapy for anger because... <laughs> You know, and then he goes to the pastor and says, I, I really love Dan Green, but he really made me mad. But um, we're not doing that today, so um, I do, because sometimes the presence of the Lord, I have to walk it off, <laughs> like, or walk into it, or step into it. And I want to teach you that, too, and you can do the same. Have you ever been in worship, and it's just so intense, like, see, we've lost this in the mainstream church, and the, and the old Pentecostal churches, and then the old... Uh, apostolic churches and the first movement you know and I'm aging myself now but I'm actually quite young um, <clears throat> when the when the Lord would begin to move my spiritual father if his hanky came out of his sport coat you knew that the Holy Ghost was in the room because he was going to wave him on you know and just and so don't let that put you off this room is a sanctuary and this you this is not a church this is God's every essence this is his living room and you have come into his room and i like to pray god don't we don't want you to come where we are we can do that through the week we want you to take us where you are we want you to lift this room and take it into your presence and that's what i want today okay so i'm just going to say a quick prayer okay and then we're going to get started abba father i just come to you right now Lord, these children have come not because they just want an audience with you, but they have come to breathe you in. They have come to take the morsel out of your hand that you might feed them and to drink from the cup 
of water that takes care of all thirst and it quenches our desires for so much that we don't need to be desired or desiring. And Father, we just ask that your presence be in this room. Holy Spirit, we invite you to do the work that you do and how you always usher in the Father and the Son and you always point us to the Father and the Son. So let us be reminded that the veil is rent. There is no barrier between you and us and that we stand naked and unashamed in your presence. And we gaze into your eyes because you know that you're, you're Abba Father, you're staring at us this morning. And for some of us, it's making us a little nervous because we might be that little kid that's, maybe we've been a little naughty or something. I don't know. But you're saying, come baby, come. Crawl up on my lap and be with me. And so I ask today that your presence be in this room. I can't do this without you. I don't want to be seen. I want you to be seen. Make me invisible. And you be tangible in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Do you feel him in this room? There's something going on in this room, okay? And... Uh, I, I think you're aware of it. And, you know, God can change the course of this thing at any time. Yes, it's written out because we have to be responsible and do that. But he can change the course of this at any time, okay? Uh, and that's okay with me because he knows better. And he knows what you need more than I know what you need. And he knows what I need more than you know what I need. Okay, so today, um, all apprehension, all um, angst, all like, what's God going to do to me? Is he going to expose me? You know, he is going to expose you, but not in the way you think he's going to expose you. He's going to expose you as his child. And the word to you today is, and there's a number of words to you today, is <clears throat> there seems to be this trend that in the house of the father, the children are being abandoned. I want you to know, City Beautiful, that God says you are not abandoned. I have not brought you here to abandon you. He doesn't care what voice is speaking to you. The only thing that he is concerned about is that you hear his voice. And you're going to have lots of voices speaking to you, okay? How many of you, you don't even have to raise your hands. A voice came today and said, do, do not go to the house of God today. Don't go there. Go do something different. And you guys, and I'm learning in Florida, you have so much to do. You know, like we had it in Maryland too. I, I originally lived in Maryland. Um... I, I, you know, Maryland will always be dear to my heart, but a year ago, January, the Lord said, I was praying, and the Lord said, I'm going to interrupt your life, and I said, oh, yay, here we go again, okay, and he said, I'm going to interrupt your life and your whole, all your children, my whole family, my children, my grandchildren, all of us moved to Jacksonville to follow what the Lord has for us. Okay, and that, it took a lot of an endeavor and a lot of packing, unpacking, but, but we're there wanting to know what God wants us to do. And um, I think that this is part of what he wants us to do. So I'm excited about that. Um, so Friday I gave my testimony and we were talking about stories. Okay, and if you, you can go ahead um, and put the first scripture up, okay? Yeah. And this scripture sometimes is, people read this scripture <clears throat> this passage, and they go, ooh, revelation. I don't even go there. Too much overload. Okay, but this, and they think that this is a scripture to come, 
to happen. I want to tell you that this scripture is here and now. It is today, okay? This scripture, if you were to read and meditate on this scripture, it gives you such hope, but it also declares to you that you have a responsibility. See, we want God, but we don't want the responsibility of God. We say, God, come close, and then when he comes close, we say, would you back up, please? You're in my bubble. You're, you're too close. And God says, didn't you ask me to come close? Yeah, but you're God, and I'm human, and I'm going to incinerate. Okay? No, this is, this is here now, but it comes with a responsibility. So Friday, I gave my testimony here, awesome time here, presence of the Lord, so beautiful, and I thank you for allowing me to do that. Um, in the beginning, I think I've told people, I never intended to give my testimony. I was not going to do that. And God said, no, we're going, we're going on the road with this show. <laughs> and um, he's orchestrated ever since, okay? And that's fine. And it does touch people's lives. I've never quite figured out why it touches people so deeply. All I know is God uses it to touch their stories. Because you know why? Ultimately, in this room, we are brothers and sisters. Ultimately, in this room, we are children caught in a custody battle. We are spiritual children of divorce. We belong to Father God. He is our Abba Father, and he is going to have us one way or the other. He has made all provision for us to come into his presence unashamed, without guilt. Doesn't that sound nice? Could you take a deep breath this morning and say, I would like one day without shame and guilt. Today is that day. Because it doesn't apply to you. Shame and guilt is the voice of the enemy. You do not find shame and guilt coming out of the mouth of Jesus. Unless he was dealing with Sadducees and Pharisees and hypocrites. You are not hypocrites. You are children of a living God. You are spiritual children of a spiritual father. And we need to start acting like spiritual children. You have a high heritage. You have been chosen. You have been branded. He has put his mark on you. And it's time that we let the world read our label and it says child of Abba. Okay? You get it? We love labels in America, don't we? Wow. We can come up with some doozies. So my question to you today is, where do you think, and you don't have to answer this, just ponder it. Where do you think your story, and I want to tell you this. This is a room full of history. There's a lot of history in this room. From the day you were born until now, you have been making history. And you might be saying, well, it's not good history. It's a bad history lesson. No, it isn't, because God doesn't see it as a bad history lesson. He sees it as a journey. And he is in it, all woven through it. So Ryan contacted me. I want to talk about intimacy with the Father. I want to know Father's, uh, his heartbeat. What is his heartbeat? You are his heartbeat. Can I tell you that you're the only thing on the face of the earth that bears the image of Father God? When he looks at you, he sees himself in the mirror. You say, oh, wow, he's in bad shape. So? You know, I always tell people, I think Jesus is the best Botox. You know, I'm not, I've got Jesus. I'm not going to, you know, it is what it is. Okay. It is what it is. And eventually this cocoon is going to give way to a butterfly and I'm out of here. All right. So don't, 
he looks at you and he sees his image. He is a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are spirit, soul, and body. You're the only thing on the face of the earth that is triune just like him. And we act like he loves the plants and the, chill and the animals and the universe and everything that he's created for us. We act like he loves it more than us. That's not true. He loves it because he gave it to us. It was the setting that he was going to put us in. And you know, people say, well, you can't look at a tree and see God. Well, I beg to differ. You know what? I'm, I'm an artist. I paint. I paint in oils. And I never get tired of a sunset or a sunrise because every day it's a different painting. And we have to start looking at God not in the mundane that the main culture has now taken the mystery of God out. God is a mystery. He's a mystic and so are you. Because you will see God moving in inanimate objects in your life if you look close enough. He will speak to you. So my question to you today, you have a story, right? Anyone here have a story? Oh, come on. Now we got to repent from lying. <laughs> Anybody in this room have a story? Anybody in this room? If you didn't raise your hand, you're struggling owning your story. You realize that? Uh, I don't want anyone to know I have a story. Well, guess what? We all know you have a story. We may not know the details. We may not know the comings and the goings. But I know you have a story, and you know I have a story, and you know the person sitting next to you has a story. So why are we so quiet? Why are we punishing ourselves with what we indict the world with when they perpetrate silence on us and reject us and, and deny us. And we come into God's living room and we deny each other our story. My story is relevant to your story. Okay, because um, now I'm really going to date myself. So those of you who are slightly near my age, because I doubt if you're over me, but Carol King, she used to be a folk singer in the 60s out of Haight-Ashbury, um, California. She had a song called Tapestry. And the line in the, tap in the song was, we are all, basically we are all a tapestry woven in between, threads woven in between each other. Your threads affect my threads. You're, you're part of a tapestry that I'm part of, that his God is weaving these beautiful stories of different color. And we're like, no, I don't wanna, you know, no, no, no. I just don't want that to happen. So um, I ask you this question. Where do you think your story in relationship to the heartbeat of God and intimacy with the Father, other than if you want to define intimacy as silence, and if you're in a relationship with Father God and you're silent, well, he's the only one working at that relationship because you're silent. And I tell you, I've been married, this year I will be, have been married 40 years, okay, to the same woman. Yeah, people say, to the same woman? I say, yeah. You know, when you find something hot, you don't let it go. You know, she married up the food chain. <laughs> she was here, she'd tell you, okay. Yeah, she did. She married up. She made an investment, stayed with the, the account, and it's, uh, hopefully it's paying off. Um, but our story, we, God wants us to know that intimately he is in the relationship and he is talking 
And it breaks his heart when we are silent because what we're silent about is we don't want to talk to him about our story because we're too ashamed to talk about our story. Can I tell you, I, someone, a preacher once told me I was preaching in a mainstream church and I used the word hate a couple times. He said, Dan, you shouldn't use the word hate. I'm like, well, I do. I hate silence. If I'm in a relationship with you and you go silent, I immediately say I'm not in a relationship with you because guess what? You're not talking to me. Okay, if I text you and you don't text back, well, at least within the hour, and I know we all get busy, but like, okay, uh, what's the silent thing? Silence paralyzes me. It paralyzes God. And if you don't believe that, read the account of him coming through the garden looking for Adam and Eve, and he is saying to them, he's going, Adam, where are you? And it's silence, and he, goes, he, he cries out again. Adam, where are you? And out of under the bushes, Adam goes, I'm over here. And God, it, the, the thing is, it went silent. And God, literally, I believe he thought this. I know I put them here. Where are they? And why are they hiding from me? So today, could you do me a favor? Could you at least begin to take baby steps coming out of hiding? And I'm not saying you burst on the scene like I did. Okay, Bam. Okay, but at least take steps to come out of hiding today because the silence that the enemy has you under is killing you. It's killing you spiritually. You can't have intimacy in silence. If I married Becky for 40 years and I never spoke to her, what kind of relationship is that? And that's not a marriage, okay? That's not, that's a, that's not a covenant. So we need to come out of hiding. So I ask you this. Where is your story most effective? Okay, you have this story. God has delivered you. Anyone in the room been delivered? All right, you guys got to deal with this. Like, you got to, you got to, Ryan, we got to have some confession and forgiveness. And, and <laughs> yeah, you know, we got to come out of it. And our story, we have this amazing story. So what does it have to do with intimacy with Father God? Early on, when I came to the Lord, um, my intimacy started this way. God would tell me these radical things that I was supposed to obey. They were radical things. Like, I'd be on my way to, to like work and the Lord just say, you see that field over there? And I say, yeah, it's a nice field. We have cornfields up our way. I don't think you have cornfields here, but um, I have not seen one corn stalk since I've been here. But um, he'd say, I want you to pull over and I want you to go to the center of that field and I want you to start worshiping me. And I, at first I thought I was whacked out and I was going to my spiritual father going, Pastor White, is this normal? And he was like, Dan, God's calling you. He's calling you away unto him. Because I had been in the world for so long, and I had done all kinds of stupid, reckless stuff in the world. And here, the God of the universe is speaking love to me, and I'm going to question whether I should pull on the side of the road. So I would do it, and I'd go to a cornfield, and I'd worship him, and I'd fall flat on my face, end up being late at work, all red and blotchy, and they were going like, Dan, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, you wouldn't understand, okay? But I just had an encounter with God where he kind of like opened the door and got in my vehicle, okay? You can have that, and you might be sitting here going, that's crazy. I don't want that. Well, then my heart's sad for you because that's what intimacy is. 
When all of a sudden you realize God in the middle of the night is sitting on the edge of your bed going, can we talk? Because he never slumbers. Okay, can, can, I, can I tell you something? So where is your story most powerful? Okay, that you need to let God embark you on your story to bring intimacy. Number one, your story is relevant to the person sitting next to you. Number two, your story is relevant to the community of God's children. Number three, your story is relevant to people out there. Okay? I have found that the most effective way to so-called evangelize, and I try to stay away from churchy terms, um, or to tell the gospel, and I'm not, trust me, I'm not against evangelism. People are being called to evangelism today. Okay? But... The best way to get someone's attention is for me to make a connection with them and then for me to tell them my story. And what happens is all of a sudden there's this thing that happened called kinsmanship. I suddenly realize I'm standing in the midst in front of another child of God that has my likeness. Silence will do away with that. Silence will cause you to walk by and say, I have nothing to do with that person. So the most powerful place that your story is relevant and most powerful to bring intimacy is right here. I want to read this to you. Our stories are most healing inside the church so that we know we have kinsmen, brothers and sisters. Because I don't know about you, I am the, I'm the youngest of 16 children and still had no siblings. I like, what? My mother had 16 children. I am the youngest. My mother was a Wiccan witch. I was raised Wiccan in the art, dark arts of dark arts. <laughs> okay. I don't know how to describe it, but it was dark. Okay. And she was a beautiful witch. She wasn't what media does today okay please please I will not go there um, she was the real deal she wasn't a carniac okay you said carniac yeah she wasn't a carnival traveler she was the real deal our house was set up to do readings we had two parlors she would do divination readings um, levitation she'd do all that stuff people would pay her she did potions we would gather with her she taught us the art of Wiccan on spell casting and don't worry about it the only spell the only spirit that I send forth nowadays is the Holy Spirit okay so don't don't panic I've been accused of like he put a spell on me no I didn't the Holy Spirit put a spell on you okay do I have talisman written across my forehead no this is a rosary okay this is a rosary all right so our stories are meant to heal each other so that the people we stand next to and sit next to, we realize that they are our kinsmen. They are our brothers and sisters. And it is very powerful in this room. But you know, there's another place that our story is powerful, and that is our stories are most needed outside the community so that others know they can become kinsmen's brothers and sisters. Okay, so when we go out, and God uses us in a divine encounter. Have you ever had a divine encounter? Yeah, oh wow, cool. Because some people go, I don't know what that is. I don't know if I want it. 
God, early on, I began to have these divine encounters where I would be in public settings, and the Lord would say to me, you see that person over there? And it was like a light, like, ooh, like they're really illuminated. Um, I want you to talk to them. I want you to pray with them. I want you to tell them that they're loved. I um, Just like a couple of divine encounters. Today, there's a young man with me, Jason, that I met in October when I moved to Jacksonville through a divine encounter where he works. And actually, I think it was his divine encounter because he ended up offering to pray for me and I needed prayer. Okay, so um, now that, that was really cool. And we have met through a divine encounter and I, and I am, he's pouring into me and I'm pouring into him because I have many sons and daughters. We are constantly birthing sons and daughters in the spirit realm, okay? so. But um, another divine encounter that I had, that if I had not been willing to tell my story, I was, um, and God likes to use me in supermarkets and coffee shops, which is good, because then I can get a bag of chips and a cup of mocha. So, you know, but, or a latte, you know. But um, I, was at, I was in a supermarket up home, and I was at the deli, and there was a young man who really wanted to be here with me this weekend, but I can't, because he's planning on getting married. And, um, he waited on me and I went to my car with my groceries and I got in my car and I went to start my car and the Lord said, don't start your car. And I was like, why? And I was like, is there a bomb in my car? And he was like, no, I want you to go back in there. And you know that young man behind the counter? I want you to say three things to him. And I was like, for real? Like, again? <laughs> Here we go again. I was like, what am I, you know? And I'm having this conversation with Abba Father. And you might think that's strange. Like, Dan, you have these conversations? I have these conversations, and so do you. You're just not aware of it. You know that moment that you get this unction in you? Like, what is this? I'm supposed to do this? And you know what that unction is? It is always out of your comfort zone. Have you noticed that? It's not what you would think to do. Okay, because you're not wired that way. We're wired to go through life, get groceries, go home, eat, watch TV, whatever, be on social media way too much, all those things. That's what we're wired to do. But God's saying, no, I'm wiring you to do something different. I'm wiring you to hear my voice, and you're, if you truly say, God, let me be my, your hands and feet, then you're going to be my hands and feet, and you're going to be my voice. Because some people can't hear me, Dan, like you can hear me. Did you hear what I said? There are people out there that cannot hear God like you can hear God, and they're waiting for you to speak what God's saying so they will learn to hear God. And if we go silent, guess what happens? They don't hear God. They don't hear Abba. They never hear you're loved. So the Lord said to me, go back in there. I want you to tell him that he is doing an amazing job. And he was. He was very, he was very engaged. And I'm all about service where people are engaged. Okay? Please, don't wait on me where you're swiping my groceries and you're like, you know, at least, and, and I make a habit, I read people's name tags because I want to call them by their name because it's really important to me. It's really important to me that I look at a person and if I know their name, I give them dignity enough to use their name because I lived my life for years not knowing my name because it had been taken away from me. And my brokenness and my sexual abuse, I didn't know who I was. I was in, for years, in, in identity crisis, and I didn't know who I was, and I changed my name, okay? Just so, and, I, and so it's important to me today that if I learn someone's name, I will say them by name. Can I challenge you out there, if you really want to affect someone, look at their name tag and say, 
Um, Jason, how are you? Thank you for waiting on me. God, we have to act like spiritual children, okay, of a spiritual God. And the spiritual father we have is a father of love and an acceptance, okay? And so he said, I want you to tell him that he's doing an awesome job. And I want you to tell him that he is valued. And I want you to tell him that he's valued in love, but I want you to tell him, third thing, that you are going to be in his life. I was like, I can do the first two. But wait a minute, God, like, who's writing the schedule here? Okay, and he said, I want you to tell this young man you're gonna be in his life if he is willing. I went back in, stood at the end of the counter. He saw me, he thought I was coming back in to read him the riot act and cuss him out that he had done something wrong. He got this look of fear on his face. He come down to the counter. I said, I said, can I talk to you? I said, sure. He said, what did I do? I said, what's wrong? I said, you don't know me, but I need to say three things to you. I need to tell you that you are doing an awesome job. You do this deli counter dealing with the public like an absolute amazing person. You're always engaged. And I had seen him a couple times before. And I said, the second thing, the, I am to tell you from the Lord that you are valued, that what you do is valuable. It's not mundane. You need to do this until God moves you on to something greater. And the third thing is, I need to tell you that you're loved and I'm supposed to be in your life. <laughs> and he looked at me and he started weeping. And I said, have I upset you? We exchanged numbers. I said, are you willing to meet me for over, over coffee, Java, and Jesus? <laughs> okay. And he goes, yeah. I thought I'd never hear from him again. That evening, he texts me. That The next evening, he said, I'll be at, at Starbucks. I'll, I'll be there. I went there thinking he's not going to be there. I walked in, and Starbucks at that time, our Starbucks up in Maryland had these leather chairs. And this young man had taken a leather chair from around the fireplace, and he had positioned it to watch the door. He positioned it to watch the door. Not to run away, but to know and look. And I walked through the door, and I'm thinking, he's not going to be here. I'll get a cup of coffee and go home. And I looked up and there he is. And I began, I sat down with him and I shared my story only to find out that we had the same story. Okay, divine encounters. Our story is very effective outside of this room. We have this misconception and Ryan and I have talked about this many times that God lives here on Sunday mornings. No. This room isn't as much for him as it is for you to come. And you can walk in this room and you can disengage. It's okay. I wish it wasn't that way. Or you can walk in this room and you can, you can even walk in this room and you can uh, have an all-out um, fussy fit with Father God. I almost said something else. <laughs> I have to be careful. You can have it out with him. That's okay. Because he can take it. Or you can walk in this room and you can engage him and have him speak to you and move over you, tangibly touch you. Okay. I pray that in this room there will be times, this is, this is 
That's what the Holy Spirit's saying to me right now. Tell them that there are going to be times in this room that if they will lose herself in worship of other father, they will feel his hand brush their arm. That's yours. That's not mine. Because I've had that happen to me. Okay? If you're willing to come in and engage. So your story is very important. I want to read to you what... um, I want to read to you a little quote from J. Philip Newell writing about, you know, this thing seems to be wanting to fight me, but that's okay. I'm going to win. Um, From a book, Listening for the Heartbeat of God. Listen to what he wrote about a prayer by a a gentleman called George McClodes. Okay. It is not the interior of these walls. It is our own inner beings you have renewed. Okay. Remember the scripture? Okay. Okay. We'll go back to it. We are, we are your temple, not made of hands. We are your body. If every wall should crumble and every church decay, we are your habitation. Nearer are you than breathing, closer than hand and feet. You are the eyes with which you in the mystery look out in compassion on the world. So we bless you for this place, for your directing us, your redeeming of us, and your indwelling. Take us outside the camp, Lord, outside holiness, out to where soldiers gamble and thieves curse. That is where our story is most effective to the thieves that curse. I shared Friday how I came to know the Lord because a Pentecostal woman in a Southern draw for like a year and a half kept coming to me saying, I claim you for the kingdom of God. That's why, that's how I ended up here today. Because she claimed me for the kingdom, okay? Say, Dan, what does this have to do with intimacy? When we obey these divine encounters, And the reason that he redeems our story. And you might be sitting here and you might be saying, Dan, I hate my story. Can I say something to you? Your story is where his intimacy lies. It is at your weakest point of your story that he is the greater strength. It is in the midst of your story, whether you're here and you've been abused, rejected, abandoned, cursed, lied to, hated, denied, segregated, disenfranchised from the mainstream church. Hello? In the, main, in the very organization I got saved in, once God started using me, they, they and I'm not going to tell you the organization, but I can tell you this because it involved me. It's my story. Okay? They said, um, Dan, you can go speak, but you can never mention your past or your, your story. And I said, well, guess what? You need me more than I need you. Because my story is my story, and God is in my story, and God loves me in my story, and God speaks to me in my story, and you won't taint it, and you won't take it away. And I release you in this room this morning to rise up and tell your story, whether it's on public platform, or it's one-on-one, or you're writing it down and sharing it, or you're blogging it, or you're putting it on social media. Tell your story, because you know why? Somebody needs to hear your story, because when they hear your story, they will hear their survival. We are silent. 
The enemy has blanketed us with silence because we don't want to be offensive. I give my story. Yeah, sometimes people walk out, especially the Wiccans. <laughs> I was in Grand Rapids preaching. There were three Wiccan girls came in to, to curse me, and I, knew, I know what they do, okay? And please, there's no hatred in my voice for Wiccans. They are children of God that have been taken captive by the, by the enemy, okay? There's no, there's none of that there. There's no hatred there. And they came in to disrupt, and they're in the back room, and they begin to stand up on the chairs and do some odd things that they do. And um, so I'm preaching, and the Lord said, go down there, and I want you to speak my love to them. And I went down, they were all beautiful, beautiful young women. Like, why are you wasting your time when you could be dancing before the Lord? What is wrong with you? That's what I wanted to say, but I didn't. It's like, what is wrong with you? Get down off those chairs and get up there and show him what a daughter looks like. Okay, I didn't. I just spoke the love of Jesus to them. And I said, you know what? The love in this room is greater than that that you think and that one you think loves you. Because he will use you. He will destroy you. He will cast you aside. He will take your purity, your beauty, and your youth. And then he will grind you in his grinder and he won't even know you existed. But Jesus will love you and call you forth, and you will bloom, and you will rise up and be daughters. They got down off the chair. They stood there. Two of them started crying. They went to attempt to leave the sanctuary, and in the foyer, God slayed them in the spirit. Well, I didn't do it. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm preaching. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I'm like, wait a minute, y'all. Whoa. They're, they are serving the Lord. They came back to the conference, bringing their amulets and everything. So it's just not, you know, our story is so powerful because just in its just natural form, it is so saturated with hope and love. Okay? But we have this dignity thing. Like, I don't want anyone to know. Well, you know, it's, it's okay. I didn't get dignity until I started serving Jesus. I didn't have any dignity when I was in the world. I had no respect for myself or anyone else. And it's your story, okay? Can you, know, can you realize that your flesh is God's flesh no matter how dirty it is? Because <laughs> he's God of dirt too. <laughs> Don't you love that? It's like, wow. You know, when I crawl up on Father God's lap and I, I'm a mess and I'm like all stained and he's all holy and white and beautiful and I'm crawling up on his lap and I'm saying, Daddy, would you just hug me? It's been rough. It's been real rough. And he looks at my dirt and says, you know I created the dirt that you just threw on yourself? Okay. <laughs> Help me to respect it more. <laughs> okay. God is so intimately entwined in your story. That is where the heartbeat of God is. So when you go and you do, you accept a divine encounter, and we're gonna pray today that you have divine encounters. You are creating a trinity of deliverance to the person you're sent to. You realize that? It's you, it's God, and it's that person that needs to hear hope. And when you obey it, no matter how crazy it is, you say, well, God, is God going to dangle me out on a tree limb? He might. I don't know. But you know what? If he puts you on the limb, 
He's God enough to get you off the limb. Okay? And if you fall flat on your face, it won't be the first time that you've fallen flat on your face. Okay? It won't be the first time you nosedived in public and made a fool of yourself. Okay? Trust me. All right? So you got two choices. Do it, fall flat on your face, and get up and say, hmm, okay. Well, maybe next time I'll get it right. Or do it and watch the obedient touch someone's life and that trinity of hope come to a person where you obey God and you step out in a relationship, which I'm going to talk about, and you change the course of someone's life. And you allow him to use you to change that course. And that trinity does this. You go and you're obedient and you say, can I talk to you? And you know what? You're not being sent there to say, um, you know, I said this Friday, my, my spiritual father never prayed the sinner's prayer with me. That came a little later when I realized I needed to say, God, forgive me for my sins, Jesus. What he did say was, Dan, I want you to pray and ask Jesus to come to you. And I said, Jesus, if you're real, come to me. And he came to me in a bright light that day, right then, knocking me down flat. When I got up, that man of God came off that platform and hugged me. And that was the first time in my life that a man had ever touched me and not wanted something from me. And that is the truth in the way of abuse because of the way I had lived. Okay, and it meant so much to me. That hug, that encounter so permeated me. That's why when you meet me, I'll tell you right off, I'm a huggy person. I will latch on to you. Is it true? Those that know me, I will latch on to you. And I say when the hug is over. <laughs> okay, I'll let go when I let go. If you got to go do something, I'm coming. You know, <laughs> I'll let go at the bathroom door. Did I just say that? <laughs> yeah. No, you're your own. Okay, had enough. But yeah, and so that encounter creates compassion. I want to talk to you about compassion. Did you know that compassion is the most beautiful language and that you do not have to stand next to each other and people in public and know what to say? Someone talked to me today about, I just don't, I'm not sure, I, I'm nervous, I'm afraid of people. Did you know that just standing next to a brother or sister or a person out there in the community, just coming along and standing them, compassion is supposed to be your language? Compassion is a language that I'm just going to stand with you. Look, when you're ready to give me the details, I'm all ears. But I'm going to stand here because you're going through something, and I want to be with you, and I don't want you to be alone. The church has lost its compassion, and we've taken on pity. I hate pity. Jesus never pitied anybody. He did not pity anyone. Because you know what pity says? Pity says, I'm glad I'm not you. Okay? Oh, how'd you end up like that? The same way I ended up like that. Wrong was done to me. Man choose to do evil against me. Okay? All right, Holy Spirit, thank you. Some of you here, you're blaming God for the things that were done to you, and God did not do them. And do not blame him. Do not break his heart with your, and I'm not downplaying it. I understand it. I get it. I get it. But don't blame him because he didn't do it. He, somewhere in divine plan, I don't understand it. God, can we rewrite the book? This thing called free will, it kind of really gets on my nerves. 
Because while I have free will, man has free will to perpetrate sin against me. Okay? And what happened to me was someone chose to do evil to me. God didn't orchestrate it. Did he redeem it? Has he used it? Yes. Why? To his glory. Did you know that we are here to glorify God? That is why we are in relationship with him. He created us that we might glorify him. Okay? So, Jesus never pitied anyone. He had compassion on people. So the message to you and the challenge to you and the call to City Beautiful Church is what he said to me coming down here. I want City Beautiful Church to be a place of beautiful, intimate stories of my glory. Okay, could we put the revelation back up on the screen? Yes. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. They overcame him, him who? The enemy, the one trying to silence your story by the blood of the lamb, okay? Could we put Matthew up real quick? I know we're running out of time, and I want to wrap this up because we're going to do some ministry time. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. Okay? Did you know that your story is the most beautiful way you can confess him before man? Not evangelistic tactics, which are fine. Not discipleship tactics, they're fine. Every church needs them. But this, okay? This. So today, as a play, and I, I'm so blessed that they're on cue because I get caught up in the moment. Um, I want you to consider what does your story have to do with intimacy with the Father? When you use your story to be your voice, that is the most intimate dialogue you can have with Him. Because He is in your story and He wants to use it. Why? Because the world doesn't need to know one more statement, cliche statement about God. The world needs to know a statement of how much God loves them and how much he loves you. And they're not going to see it if they don't see that you're walking in love in your story. You have to start loving your story. You have to start owning your story. You have to start being brave enough to tell your story. Okay? And I know Ryan, he'll make a way for each and every one of you to do some kind of proclamation of what God has done for you. I know him. He is good with that. Okay? You have to start telling the victories because they don't know there's victory. There are people sitting next to brothers and sisters that don't know. Did you know right now you're sitting next to someone that is having a struggle and you don't know anything about it? And they had to fight all of hell to get here today true. They had to go through all kinds of stuff just to get to this moment. And we're going to sit here and not connect and say, brother and sister, my brother, my sister, I'm here with you. I don't need to, I don't, you don't need to tell me right now, but I'm standing with you in compassion. Did you know there are those outside those doors? They are being invited in and they're not going to come in if you're not going to dialogue with them and be honest with them. They can find phony at any corner of any city. But we are not children of phony. We're children of a high God, spiritual children. Let's stand to our feet.
as Cole and the worship team worship, and I, I um, ask that the prayer staff be, you can make your way to, to the places that you normally go. Um, also, this is, this is what I want to do. If you need prayer, there'll be people to pray with you, but can I challenge you today to step into what could possibly be a divine appointment in this room? An intimate heartbeat of God moment. You want to, you want to experience it? You willing? Hey, here, all eyes right here. Okay, sound like a school teacher. <laughs> up here, up here. Really, it's serious. It's, it's a good moment. The person next to you or someone in this room, are you willing to step out in a divine appointment and go and say, I stand with you. I pray for you. And you may not know what to say. Just lay your hand on their shoulder or put your hand around them. Stand with them and say, I'm with you because I know that we, we have some things in common. Okay? Are you willing to do that? This morning, I release you into freedom to do that. You can pray with each other because I think that that's going to start happening at City Beautiful. It might already be happening and I don't know it, but I think it's going to happen, okay? Also, if you need a particular prayer, there are people that pray with you. I will pray with you, okay? But move out. Don't let this moment go, oh, okay, I missed that point. Because you're going to get in your car and you're going to go, why did I miss it? And the enemy is going to torment you. I don't want him tormenting you. So let's do that as they sing, okay? And then we'll come back. Okay, and we're going to lower the lights. It's going to be, it's a beautiful atmosphere. And, and they're going to do all the lighting and the singing. And we're going to let God have this moment, okay? All right? And when you're comfortable, move to that person. Move to him. This has been the City Beautiful Church podcast. To stay connected, follow us on social everywhere at City Beautiful CH. We hope you join us again soon.